Heights, we are going to talk about David. Oh. Oh, next one. David, yeah, we're going to talk about David. Oh, wait, wait a second. That's, that's not David. That's for a different project. My bad, guys. Do you want to go to the... Is there a next one? You don't have his name? Okay. All right, that's fine. Okay. So, David was a pretty important... What? Yeah, that's for, that's for a different project, guys. My bad. Um, uh, so, David is a pretty important person in the Bible. He was picked by God to be king of Israel. He united all the tribes of Israel and Judah. He founded the capital city of Jerusalem, and he wrote many of the Psalms, as well as danced for the Lord with all his might. Second Psalm, huh? Yeah, no, no, he wasn't. Second Samuel 6.14, wearing a linen ephetod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. But I'm not here to talk about any of that. I'm, talk about, I'm here to talk about what David did first. So, David was the youngest of eight brothers. Now, luckily for him, his brothers didn't sell him into slavery, but they did pick on him, and David was a shepherd looking over his father's sheep, Jesse. One day, Samuel, a prophet of God, told him, or God told Samuel to go to Bethlehem, and when he got there, God told him to go to Jesse's house, which is David's father. Okay, I'm um, sorry. Uh, when he got there, Jesse, Saul, hmm, Samuel and Jesse started talking, and David and Jesse brought all of his sons in, and Saul looked them over, and God said that none of them were meant to be king. And so Saul, Samuel goes and asks, are there any other, do you have any other kids, any other sons? And, um, sorry. And Jesse said, yep, I've got one more. And he calls for his son, David. And David comes in the house and Saul sees him, or Samuel sees him. And he goes, and God tells him that that's going to be the next king of Israel. And so Samuel goes and anoints him. And that's the first time we hear David. Um, yeah, and this is... Um, sorry guys. Uh, so he, uh, I don't have the verse written up for this one, but he's, so, so, oh, uh, first Samuel 13. So Samuel took out the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully over David. Sometime after the Philistines, the enemy of Israel came and met the Israelites for battle. The Philistines sent out Goliath. And everything about him was huge. Goliath was a whopping nine feet, nine inches tall. And for scale, that's just shy of a, nor- of a basketball hoop from the ground to the rim. Which, I don't know if any of you have ever tried dunking a basketball. It's kind of hard. You couldn't dunk on him. He's just huge, a huge guy. Um, his armor weighed 125 pounds, which is probably more than some of you weigh now. Um, his, his, uh, his spear was 15 pounds. And his, his body weight was probably about 450 pounds. So this dude was just huge and massive. Yeah, exactly. Um, needless to say, he was a very big boy. Now, Goliath challenged all of the Israelites to fight him. He was mocking them. He was mocking God and Israel at the same time. And none of the Israelites wanted anything to do with this. They were all cowards. They were all scared. And they wouldn't accept this challenge. And they would all hide. And Goliath mocked 
God and the Israelites and Israel for 40 days. And for 40 days, they didn't do anything about it. They just let him go and do it. Uh, one day, Jesse told, told David that you need to go bring some bread and some food for your siblings, and you need to go check up on them. Um, and Jesse, or David goes and starts to do this. He gets the stuff ready, and he goes, um, and he goes out to go and do this. Sorry, guys. Uh, okay. Uh, and David gets there, and it's right before Goliath is going to go and start um, start his rant for the day. And David goes, and he's talking to the men who are near him, and he's asking about what's going on, and he hears what he's starting to say. And David goes and asks him, what will be done for the man who kills the Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that should defy the armies of the living God? Now his brothers saw him, and they started getting mad seeing him there. They started yelling at him, saying, why are you here? You're just here to watch a battle. You think you're better than us, don't you? Um, and this isn't, and David goes and responds, well, like, this isn't true. Like, who, who are you to say I can't talk? And he goes and he figures, he says, I'm going to go fight, uh, I'm going to go fight Goliath. And he goes and he gets up to the, say, Saul, the king of Israel at the time, and he says, I will go and be your champion. I will go and fight Goliath for you. And Saul goes and responds, but you can't go do that. You're just a boy. You're just a kid. You can't go fight this big man. And David replies that he is a shepherd, and at times he has to fight bears and lions, and that Goliath is the same as those bears and lions. And Saul agrees to let him fight Goliath, and he gives David his armor. But David refuses to take it, as he was unfamiliar with the armor. David walks out in front of both armies, and he says that he is going to fight Goliath. Goliath comes up to David and yells back, Am I a dog? For why would you come at me with sticks? Which is, I mean, a good response. I mean, you know, throwing words back around. Um, and David responds to the Philistine, Goliath, saying, You come at me with sword and spear and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel and the God of um, who you have defiled. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head. This very day I will give the carcass of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. All those gathered here will know that it was not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and it will give all of you into our hands. Which is, I mean, a pretty amazing speech that he responds back with. I mean, I don't think I've ever said anything that great before in my life. And you've got to remember, he's a teenager at this point. He's like your guys' age, and he's going to fight this hulking huge man. Uh, and David and Goliath get ready to square off. David grabs five smooth stones from the river, and he grabs, and he goes, and he comes back, and he pulls one out from his satchel, and he loads it into a sling, and he goes, and he starts whirling around, and he hits Goliath right in the head, and it knocks him out, and David runs up, and he grabs the sword, and he cuts Goliath's head off right in front of everybody. The, huh? What'd you say? Oh. Um, the battle... <laughs> Sick freak, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't really cut the head off of a pickle, now, can you? Um, <laughs> the, day, <laughs> the battle is won for the Israelites, and the Philistines run off. 
So the, the, uh, the battle is won. David becomes a hero for the Israelites, and everybody is so happy and pleased, and everyone is just like, yay, yay, cheering on, you know. Um, uh, but this David, the story of David and Goliath is about how, when we are with God, putting our faith and our trust in him, we can do amazing things. But the other lesson is that God is bigger than our problems. See, David wasn't afraid of Goliath. To him, he was a challenge to overcome rather than, or rather, he knew that God was with him and he knew that he could face Goliath and win. Uh, Philippians 4.13, and I think, okay, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. David knew that he only needed God to be with him. When Saul what Saul, or when Saul tries giving David his armor, it didn't help David at all. Rather, it was more doing, it was doing more against him uh, than it was going to do any good for him. Sometimes we can look in other places besides God when we are in trouble and need. And while our friends and family can help us, sometimes they'll just end up doing, uh, they'll end up making things harder for us than at times. Along with that, David knew that he didn't need Saul's armor for another reason. David had the armor of God, an armor so powerful, not even death can damage it. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the, evil, when the day of the evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything to stand, stand f- firm with the belt of... Tr- yeah, oh... I do have it up there? Okay. Um, oh, I think I might have... D- okay. Uh, stand firm with the belt of truth, buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Ephesians six thirteen through 17. Another thing to remember is that although Goliath seems like a physical problem, it was rather a spiritual problem. Ephesians, 12, Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggles is not against flesh and blood, but against the ruler, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Well, this sounds like a horrible thing, John 16.33 reminds us that I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. In times of struggle, we can even take joy in our trials. James 1.2, the main verse of desperation last year, those, if you guys remember that. Uh, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you, have, uh, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Our God is a loving and caring God. Deuteronomy 31.8 says, The Lord himself goes before you. Sorry, I lost my place. Oh, oh, I'm, okay. The Lord himself goes before you and will not, and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Um, uh, Joshua 1.9 also reminds us, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. God is with us no matter what happens. Psalms 46, 1 through 3. 
God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth may give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters foam, um, foam and roar and the mountain quakes with their surging. Um, where am I at? Sorry, guys. Um, God will equip you to face these challenges as he did with David. Luke ten nineteen says, Behold, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and to overcome the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. So as we look back at this, it's very important to remember that we're always going to have these struggles. We're always going to have these trials with us. But we have to remember that God is bigger than those problems. God created the whole cosmos and everything that's in it. Of course he's going to be bigger than the tests that we have coming up in our lives or the people that we don't get along with. Um, or, maybe, or maybe we struggle with depression, anxiety, fear, all those things. God is bigger than all of those things. And so it is important to remember those things as we go out and through and about um, our weeks and our lives. And just a, a very important thing to remember. Um, so I'm going to pray. Okay, I'm going to pray, and then I've got one more thing for you guys as well. So, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for letting us be gathered here today. Thank you so much for your word and your peace and your joy, Lord. As we go out throughout our days and our weeks, Lord, that you would remind us that you are bigger than all of our problems around us, Lord. That when we encounter these big problems, that we would turn to you rather than turning to the ways of the world to face those problems, Lord that we, would just, we wouldn't forget it, and we know that you are always standing with us, and you will never back down from us, Lord, and you will never back away from our problems, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father, and I, we say these things in the name of your Son, in Jesus Christ, amen. All right, so I want everyone to stay here for a little, I got a little treat for you guys. So to recap, for those who are not paying attention, um, I have a Gen Z TLDR of the story of David and Goliath for you guys. So, one day, God said to Samuel, Saul is being sus and isn't passing my vibe check anymore, and I'm going to send you to Bethlehem to find a new king, and he's going to go whoop the whole nation of Israel. Samuel went to Jesse's house and said, okay, Boomer, one of your sons is going to be the new king. Jesse lined up his sons, but David had unspoken riz, and he vibed with God. Samuel knew that God was cooking and anointed David. One day, Goliath and the Philistines, Israel's ops, showed up. Goliath started to drag on Israel and try to get someone to catch his hands. Israel said, I'm weak, and let Goliath roast them for 40 days. David showed up and heard what Goliath was saying and took several seats from this. He claps back, saying, you are being mega cringe right now, and you're capping, dog. We vibe with God, and we his fam, and I'm going to clap your hands. This comeback shook everyone who heard it. Saul tried giving David his drip, but David said that drip took an L and walked over to Goliath. All the Israelites started sheeshing up David as he walked with big main character vibes and smacked Goliath, which hit differently, and Goliath fell before David. The Philistines said, big yikes, took the L and ghosted Israel. David seemed valid with Israel and was bussing with them, and that's how David became the second goat of all time.